1: Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlandson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now, for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, welcome into the LightningInsider.com podcast. Eric Erlandson here once again from Lightning Insider. Guiding you through another Lightning game, some postgame thoughts after Tampa Bay knocks off the Boston Bruins by a score of 3-2. Boston has not lost many games this season. Of course, they've already beaten Tampa Bay twice, but boy, what a season the Bruins are having. So uh, the Lightning were able to pick up a couple of uh, key points in the standings not that they're chasing the Bruins but you know to uh to put together a, a game like this against this opponent at this point of the year where look the Bruins are still rolling I think the Bruins have won six in a row coming into this game and uh you know the lightning have been mostly up but they've had some dips you know we talked coming off that uh, end of the road trip there with two losses in Edmonton and Calgary and and how are they going to respond and They've certainly done a very good job here in the past two games with the victory against Minnesota on Tuesday and and now coming back and following that up with a victory against the Boston Bruins here tonight. Uh, So we'll get into some of the post-game thoughts on that. Uh, I do want to start with uh, what was blowing up my mentions on Twitter today after watching uh, Boston Bruins uh, play-by-play voice Jack Edwards uh, who calls the games for Nesson uh, After his comments that he made when uh, Tampa Bay was in Boston earlier this year, back in November, of course, uh, Pat, being who Pat is, turned it into a positive as you know, little body shaming, if you will, went on during the broadcast that went public, and uh, you know, Pat Maroon turned it into a, a charity raising opportunity. Uh, for local Tampa uh, charity here. And uh, the two had not spoken. Uh, there had been no outreach. There had been no connection between the two since then. Yeah, I know Edwards had spoken in the media and, and said a few things since then, but uh, they never talked, uh, whether on the phone or any capacity. So today, Jack Edwards did go into the lighting locker room and uh, tried to apologize, did apologize, to Pat uh, for what it was, uh, I, I, I'm not going to share. Again, as I said on Twitter, it's a private conversation between two individuals, even though it was in a public setting. Um, you know, it, it Pat clearly uh, to this point is still not uh, pleased with the situation, not happy about how things went down and, and what was said on the air about him. Uh, in that broadcast. And and look, the transcription of what was actually said, something about Pat not missing many pizzas and everything like that. So you can find what was actually said during the broadcast back at the end of November that led to this. But it was a 10-minute conversation. And and I say conversation. It was more Pat Maroon doing a majority of the talking. And uh, as I said, you could tell he clearly wasn't uh, very pleased with, you know, what was said, and why it was said, and how it was said, you know, um, certainly there's a lot of people (laughs) in my mentions, Twitter being the cesspool that it can be at times, uh, I've never had, um, I've never had a tweet since I've been on Twitter, and I've been on Twitter since 2008, uh, blow up like that in terms of the the amount of quote-unquote interaction taking place. Uh, ignored most of it. Uh, had to block some of it. Muted some of it. Uh, but it it absolutely happened. Um, the one thing I, I will I will share is basically, and again, this is not word for word. This is not a quote. But at the end of the day, Maroon said he he appreciated the apology, but he thought it was BS. Is essentially what kind of came on there, and and that was one of the last things. Uh, that w- that took place between the two and uh, yeah, that was an, uh, an all-day ongoing <laughs> 12 hours later, stay away from the mentions type of situation uh, even during the game there were still things flying through my mentions on Twitter but again, it, it, it did happen and, and Pat Maroon clearly was still not very uh, pleased with how things played out and for how long it took for something like that to take place, but uh, It it did, and that was that was the uh, the show this morning, if you will, in the locker room. There was uh, look everybody kind of knew that this situation was coming. That with the Bruins here for the first time, and actually the last time that the two teams will meet here in Tampa, at least in the regular season. That you know, there was a lot of curious people to see how this was going to play out. Not just you know those of us in the media, but you know some of the players hung around and, and kind of kept an eye on things. Look, it was never a heated discussion. There were never voices really raised, so it, it was you know it was a amicable situation that took place. Uh, but again, lighting players, lighting staff members, just keeping an eye on things to make sure things didn't uh, you know get out of hand or anything like that not that there was expectation of that you know some people like to twist words around and in uh, in those situations nobody was expecting anything to to blow up but you know when it's uh, something that obviously still bothers Pat you never know you never know how it's going to go so that was the uh, that was the morning skate show if you will uh, on how all that Transpired, and you just had a feeling that maybe Pat was going to have a big game. Uh, maybe he was going to score a goal. He was a little fired up about it. Uh, didn't play out that way, but he will. He will take the results in this game. And a couple of things that stand out for me in this game. Last year during the playoffs, you know, we we mentioned and I've talked about the trio of Anthony Sorelli with Alex Cologne and Brandon Hagel, where last year they were the shutdown line, right? They were the matchup line that John Cooper leaned on a lot in in all four rounds. Starting with the Toronto series, he got the matchup against Austin Matthews. In the Florida series, he got the matchup against Sasha Barkov in the Rangers series. He got the matchup against Mika Zibanejad's line. And they spent a lot of time in the offensive zone. They were really, really effective. And, you know, obviously Sorelli missed the first two months of the season. But since his return, it hasn't happened a lot. But I think you're going to see this a little more often depending on the opponents in these situations. And I, and I had a chance to ask John Cooper that specific question Post game, if anybody was listening, but he put he's put them together a couple of times here in the last little while, and, and not in a I need to get something going type situation because you know we've seen John Cooper do that. This is the way the line started in this game, just as it has a couple of other games. And Sorelli got the matchup against the the Bergeron, uh, Marchand, and I believe Taylor Hall was on that line tonight. So, went to it again, and I thought that, again, they were very effective. I thought Brandon Hagel might have been the best skater on the ice tonight for either team. He was everywhere. Forechecking, smart plays around the net. He scored the first goal on the power play. Again, the Bruins had the number one penalty kill in the league, and the Lighting cashed in on their first opportunity to make it one nothing after the first period. Uh, but I thought that that trio in particular with the assignment to go up against Bergeron. And, you know, Anthony Sorelli had a heck of a night in this face-off circle against Bergeron. Bergeron was about 63% in the circle this year. He closed the gap as the game went on. But after the first period, Bergeron was just 2-for-11. Most of that was against Sorelli. And after two periods, he was 4-for-18. Again, most of that against Sorelli. Again, closed the gap a little bit in the third period, but Sorelli had a terrific night. So that helps with that matchup situation when you can win those faceoffs, especially against a guy like Patrice Bergeron. So that was a, a big key in this game was how John Cooper and the staff sort of constructed how the lines were all built. And, and he put it together for this this particular situation. Now, you put Point, Stamkos, and Kucherov together on a line, and that can be a magical line. Uh, it can also have some issues, but they ended up having a key play on the second goal, offensive zone faceoff, and Stamkos wins it clean right to Kucherov, who uh, sweeps it into the net before Linus Olmark knew what happened that made a 2-1 uh, early in the third period, um, you know, to to give uh, to put Tampa Bay in front uh, at that time. Uh, so they were matched up against uh, Krejci and Pasternak and, and Pavel Zaka is uh, the other one on line. Of course, you know, Pavel Zaka ends up you know scoring the tying goal that made it two two. Uh, so you know, sometimes it's uh, it, look, it was a good battle up and down the lineup. I thought this was a very good team effort in this one for the lighting and and it had to be because this is the key when you face the Bruins and it's been their model for a number of years now even with the the coaching change going from Bruce, Bruce Cassidy to Jim Montgomery the Bruins will wait you out they will not put risk in this game and I remember writing this couple of years ago that the model that the Lightning sort of put themselves into was the reduce the risk in your game, trust your game breakers to make a difference, and lean on your goalie when you have to. So as the last couple of years have gone by, that's what we've seen. And that's who the Bruins still are. They're on this, again, fantastic pace. Heading into tonight, they were on pace to finish with 139 points on the season. The NHL record's 132, set by the 76-77 Canadians. For comparison's sake, the year the Lightning tie the NHL record in wins... They had 62 in 2018-2019. And they finished with 128 points that year. They didn't reach uh, 80 points, which is what the Bruins had coming into tonight. They didn't reach that till game number 52. The Bruins did it at 47 games. So that's how good the Bruins have been. And they do it because they don't beat themselves. They don't put themselves in position to make mistakes. They make very few mistakes. Now, they made some mistakes tonight. And the Lightning took advantage of them because the Bruins don't make many. When Hagel scored his power play goal, he was all alone at the top of the crease. There was not a Bruin anywhere near him. You don't see that kind of a coverage breakdown on the Bruins' part very often. And Hagel took advantage of it. Took the, puck, uh, took the pass from Kucherov, was able to make a quick move Faked to his uh faked to the backhand, pull it to the forehand, and lift it over Linus of uh, for a one nothing lead. And then, on the game winning goal scored by Victor Hedman, starts with a two on one between Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. Uh, Point passes the puck. Probably should have shot it, but he passes the puck. Couldn't connect with Stamkos, and the puck goes in the corner. But as that was happening, Brandon Carlo, Bruins defenseman, takes Allmark out. So he's on the ice, and Hedman's able to score uh, with, with uh, Allmark down on the ice. So two mistakes, and when you when you play the Bruins, you better not make many because they're not going to make many. And if they do, you better take advantage. And the, and the Lightning were able to do it twice tonight, and he ended up winning the game by a score of 3-2. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is there. And you get to that result, you know, it, it was a little hairy, for lack of a better term, at points in the second period, especially the latter half of the second period, where the Lightning did start to kind of not get pucks in deep, you know, cut the cut the ice in half for the Bruins. And you don't want to do that against them because you cut the ice in half against the Bruins and, and they will make you pay for it. They're, you know, they've, they've got more, they've actually got more game breakers now than they have in, in previous years, right? With with Bergeron still there, Marchand who scored, you know, their first goal tonight during a four-on-four situation. David Pasternak is one of the best goal scorers in the league. He's having a great year, up to 80 points, Already, you add Taylor Hall, former MVP, number one overall pick, Pavel Zaka, who was a first round pick of the Devils, is starting to play well. So they've got more guys who can beat you than maybe they've had in previous seasons, and and their depth is a big part of the season that they're having because it always has been. If you shut down, and and, you know it was Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak were aligned. Dynamic line, best line in the league. If you could slow them down and limit them, you had a chance to beat them. Now, the Bruins have some more depth. they got some more game breakers. Charlie McAvoy in the back end as well. I I think maybe the questions in goal might have been answered, right? But, you know, Jeremy Swayman started the playoffs last year, not Linus Allmark. This year, Allmark's having a – he's probably going to be the runaway winner of the Vezina with where his numbers are at. You know, and, and you do wonder about their depth of the back end. But they are a very well-structured team that can be hard to break down and can be frustrating to play against. Sometimes they will force you into making plays that you make because you just want to make a play. And we know that the Lightning can get themselves into trouble at times if they do that. They didn't do it tonight, though, at least not much. You're never going to go a full game and never make a mistake, never make a bad pass, never make a bad read. It just it doesn't happen from a team perspective. You're never going to go through a game and play perfect. But I felt in a lot of ways in this game, they played how they needed to play to give themselves a chance to win. And they took advantage of the couple of mistakes the Bruins made and it ends up being a big two points. How valuable are those points? Is this more than just a two-point game in January? That's what I'm writing about. That's what I wrote about on the website. So you'll have to read that to get that sort of perspective uh, on things. But, like I said, they're not catching the Bruins. It's, It's... Honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a race to see who has home ice advantage between Toronto and Tampa Bay, is what it comes down to. Who's going to end up on top? But coming off of the road trip, where they won the first three, lost the next two, and you come back home after that and you beat a good Minnesota team that beat you a couple of weeks prior, a playoff team from the Western Conference. And then you put together an effort like this against the Bruins. Tie a franchise record, by the way, 11 consecutive wins for, uh, for Tampa Bay on home ice. That does tie a franchise record. They will head into Saturday's game looking to break the franchise record. The LA Kings, another team that's sitting in a playoff spot out west, comes to town for Gasparilla Saturday, have a really good opportunity now to sweep this three-game homestand and head into their bye week because after Saturday, they don't play again until the following Monday, and you do have the all-star game in between there. So it's about 9 or 10 days off that the team is going to have and before they come back and they play on the road in sunrise against the Panthers. So a, a, an excellent opportunity for the Lightning in this situation to close out with 6 more points with 1 more win on this homestand. And if they play on Saturday like they did tonight and avoid... Uh, a little bit of a letdown so to speak because you know you worry about games like this where it, it was close to a playoff style game I don't think it was quite there but it was close to it so you you, you do want to avoid falling into the letdown trap in the next game and that does come on Saturday so, we will, uh, we'll see how they respond, but again, just an excellent opportunity for the team here to uh, put themselves in this position and find a way to uh, pull out with, um, with uh, a perfect home stand and head into the bye week on a high note and then come back and get ready for the unofficial second half of the season as you start to head now towards... The important games, you know, you get through February, March is a busy schedule. Then we get into April and start thinking about postseason and where things stand with that. So, so again, a very hard-fought and earned victory for Tampa Bay tonight. 3-2 over the league-leading Boston Bruins. They get goals from Nikita Kucherov, from Brandon Hagel, and Victor Hedman with the winner. Andre Vasilevsky with 36 saves. On the night... uh, wasn't tested a ton but uh, certainly was there when they needed him to be there among those stops so again just a really good overall solid effort for Tampa Bay against uh, the best team in the league and uh, a rivalry whatever you want to call it so uh, two key points for the Lightning. right, wraps it up for me here on this episode. Uh, Again if you're not a subscriber to my site I encourage you to do it Uh, It keeps me in the business, so to speak, right? So even if you love listening to my podcast, subscribe to the website. That also helps support me uh, to keep me doing these. So if you enjoy them, please consider a subscription. Use the code podcast for $10 off the first year of a yearly subscription. Uh, Just use that code when you go to check out podcast and I'll give you $10 off that first year. Of a subscription pregame skate show with me and Bobby the Chief Taylor will be live on Saturday from the Cigar City Brewing Tap Room uh, outside Amelie Arena you can hear that on the Strike 102.5 that's HD Channel 2 and also Lightning Radio 24-7 on the brand new Lightning app download that on Android, Google Play Store or the Apple App Store if you have an iPhone uh, that's where you can find that that's the new streaming home of Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Radio, so again, Lightning Radio 24-7 on the brand new Lightning app. Find it wherever you get your, your apps, whether it's Google Play or on the Apple App Store. All right, until Saturday, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?